Hello and welcome to Locked On St. Louis Cardinals, your daily podcast covering all things Cardinals baseball, brought to you when impossible, I guess, from Bush Stadium. My name is Jeff Jones, joined today by Brendan Schaefer on a, a rainy Friday. Brendan, uh, I don't know if there's going to be baseball today. Yeah, you're already at the park, and, and how does it look out there as far as uh, the, the field conditions currently? Of course, as we're recording this podcast, we're four some odd hours plus away from uh, scheduled game time, but I'm, I'm interested to to hear how it is. I know over in Wentzville, where I currently am, it's it's not looking great outside, but it's not coming down super hard. So as I sit here, uh, here on the third level of Bush Stadium, and I guess what is the inside part of the Redbird Club, uh, there are some big windows which kind of look out, I guess, towards what's at the south side of the stadium, and it looks like the rain may have eased up here within the last three, four minutes from walking down from the press box down to this level. It was going pretty hard there for a little bit. Uh, and, and I, as I sit here, am very much wet uh, and, and, and covered in rainwater. So when, you, when, you're, when you're here at Bush and you're maneuvering from the press level to the field level, uh, there's an elevator that runs from the very top to the very bottom where the clubhouses are. The issue is that to get from that elevator to the press box, there is a period of, what is it, 30 feet maybe, where you have to walk outside across the concourse? Is that a fair guess? Yeah, 30, 40 feet. So you walk across the uh, you walk across that little bit of the concourse, and you have to basically sprint into uh, in, into somewhere dry, and then all of a sudden you find yourself struggling to uh, find find yourself struggling to get uh, sorry struggling to get dry. I'm going to cut this sentence off because this is going to be some uh, really interesting podcasting. As we sit here, I received an email as I'm talking into the computer. Uh, the Cardinals announcing that they have placed both Paul DeYoung and Matt Bowman on the disabled list. DeYoung with a fractured left hand, Bowman with blisters on his right index and middle fingers, and recalled Jairo Munoz and Tyler O'Neill. So I guess I, as much as we had a fun story to tell about the rain, let's stop here. Uh, immediate reaction to seeing Paul DeYoung and Matt Bowman play on the DL. Paul DeYoung was like the one guy that was looking good lately, right? He was taking good at-bats. The walk rate was up to, to a pretty impressive level for what has been a, a, a guy in his career so far with the Cardinals that hasn't walked very much. I was impressed. I was, you know, that was one of the things I wanted to mention. Paul DeYoung has been one guy that you've felt decent about over the past couple of weeks where the offense as a whole has struggled. And, and the Bowman thing, not surprising. The, the blisters might be not the reason I would have predicted for him uh, to, to hit the disabled list. I would have probably guessed some sort of arm issue, but that's not good because the Cardinals have already been uh, buried in injuries, and now two more. The DeYoung one is certainly, for an offense that has, has struggled to produce runs and timely runs the way they have, that's that's a big blow. You've got Munoz, who I wasn't super impressed with when he was up initially. Uh, you've got Greg Garcia that can play some shortstop, perhaps, because uh, they could stick Jed Jerko there. Like That's the one element of this, this team that, that you said going in. Yeah, they're relying on Paul DeYoung being healthy and being productive because Alemis Diaz was somebody they weren't concerned about keeping around as a backup. And uh, now you're, you're potentially going to see uh, some time without the, the general starting shortstop. I don't know how that's going to look. I don't think the Cardinals should be too confident 
and how that's going to look. Yeah, the the really big concern, I think, here is that Paul DeYoung, probably behind Yadier Molina, is the player that has the least obvious replacement uh, available in the organization. You look at the guys they called up. I mean, yeah, I guess Jairo Munoz is a guy who can play some short, and certainly Greg Garcia is, I think, probably going to get uh, the majority of the playing time there. But that's, yeah, that's a pretty big blow. And it, it's really shocking, I think, given uh, the nature of the injury, because we saw last night Paul DeYoung takes a pitch off of his left hand uh, while batting in the eighth, and didn't seem to want to go to first base. Like the, the, the ball clearly hit him on the hand, and he gave it the straight no-sell, and he was ready to keep hitting. And to go from that to telling Brian Stull after the game last night that he thought he was going to be fine to today on the DL with a fracture, uh, that's that's a huge bummer for the Cardinals. And a fracture, how you know, obviously an instant reaction, but what do we think? A month? Six weeks? Like, what, what do you think that's going to turn out to be? I'm sure you'll hear uh, down at the ballpark pregame, here before too long, but that, that doesn't sound like a good thing, certainly. Yeah, I, I'm sure we'll hear probably from Michael Gersh today uh, about what the prognosis is for for DeYoung, but that's a, that comes as a pretty big surprise, for sure. And, you know, and again, we're downplaying, I guess, uh, the, the situation with Matt Bowman, but the bullpen is in not that great a shape right now because you already have Gregerson placed in the DL. You have Tyler Lyons on the DL. Uh, and now with Bowman going on and Greg Holland not being that effective, plus last night the two guys who, you know, who had been arguably the most consistent outside of Bud Norris so far this season in John Brebbia and Jordan Hicks both got touched up pretty good last night. And so it's, yeah, Hicks, uh, Hicks, it's finally, Hicks finally gave up the, the runs after I've been defending him all week. But uh, that's... That's hardly a surprise. <laughs> That's just the way it goes sometimes. So help me out again because this is all kind of happening. Paul DeYoung goes down. Bowman goes down. Did they bring up a reliever to replace Bowman? Who was the other guy they brought up besides Munoz? They did not. Tyler O'Neill is the other recall for the Cardinals. And so now they're with the, yep. with the, uh, the 12 pitchers and 13 hitters alignment. That, that, I think, more than anything else, is the result of, uh, of, of not having a lot of guys readily available to bring up uh, on the 40-man roster. I've been maintaining a spreadsheet here, uh, a, a spreadsheet on Google Docs to sort of track when guys are sent down and called up uh, and, and the date in which they would be eligible to be recalled. Ryan Sheriff... Well, with the injuries, though, they would all be eligible, right? Because it's Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So th- actually, that's a fair point. It wouldn't have mattered. They could recall anyone. Uh, but the only two guys they have... So they could have recalled Gomber or Sheriff. I guess I'm a little surprised that they went with... O'Neill instead of Sheriff, though I, I find as, as again because this literally broke as I was telling a dumb story about getting rained on. Uh, as as I sit here, my rationalization is probably that the Cardinals are hoping that maybe Tyler O'Neill can replace a little bit of that power risk uh, that comes with Paul DeYoung, while simultaneously uh, Jairo Munoz is going to be necessary as an infielder because you know they, they wouldn't have any coverage on really as a backup infielder without him being available off the bench. And so I, I, I guess that's the thinking there. And again, as you said, I'm sure we'll hear more about it here in the next little bit, but man, Paul DeYoung going down is a big, big blow for this Cardinals club. Yeah. And if Tyler O'Neill is here, I kind of want to see him play. Like he's been raking in AAA. They bring him up. He doesn't really get a lot of time. I understand that Harrison Bader has been pretty impressive in his stints so far. And so you want to find ways to get him into the lineup, but and, like, now you think about the guys that have been struggling, Matt Carpenter, among them starting to heat up a little bit, had the three-hit game the other day. His playing time is not really a question anymore because you, you figure that 
uh, Greg Garcia won't need to see time at second or third. Like they're going, the infield is suddenly less crowded uh, with the number of able bodies that you feel confident in. The outfield though is still kind of a weird matrix because you've got Ozuna who uh, struggled last night. Uh, you've got Dexter Fowler who struggled all season. How is he uh, going to continue to find playing time if you want to find ways to get Bader in there? Uh, when Fam is healthy, he's he's pretty much his team's best hitter. So you got to play him. I just don't know where Tyler O'Neill is going to fit into that equation uh, unless they're just looking for some pop off the bench, as you mentioned, trying to fill that power quotient. Yeah, my 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 suspicion is, and what I wonder if the Cardinals would do, now granted, Jed Jerko has not played shortstop since 2016, did not play short right. uh, at all last year, but I wonder if maybe Jerko would get some opportunities at short, and they would go with an infield of Carpenter, Jerko, Wong and Martinez from third to first, which would make Tyler O'Neill sort of that first right-handed pinch hitting option off the bench. Uh, that could be a spot where yeah. it would make some sense. Now, granted, he'd be supplanting Bader in that, uh, but but it, it gives you it gives you some additional coverage, perhaps. And you know, I also wonder too, given that Marcelo Zuna has struggled pretty mightily here, uh, at least in terms of hitting for power. I wonder if the Cardinals were looking for an excuse, looking for a way to get O'Neal uh, into the lineup to give Ozuna some time off before the uh, b- before this all happened this weekend. And so this was just a matter of adjusting to that. And I was already thinking before today, you have to hope that Ozuna's not dealing with some kind of nagging injury that, that comes out later because of the fact that he's not really hit very well as of late. His defense has not been something I've been impressed by at all this season. Um, so, I, you know, you, you kind of wonder there. As far as shortstop goes, I think you almost have to, be comfortable with Jed Jerko at short, not because of objectively he's great there, but because when you look back and, and the Olympus Diaz was, was not something that people made a big deal of at the time. Like it seemed like something that made sense. Uh, you know, he, he was kind of out of, out of the starting shortstop job. Cardinals wanted to move on. Uh, you wanted the spot on the 40 man, whatever the reasons were at the time. Uh, but I think a lot of people, at least I expected after that, they would go out and, and kind of address the infield in a different way. And they really didn't. And now, knowing that they weren't going to do that, you look at, if you're not comfortable with Jed Jerko there, you're saying we're comfortable with Greg Garcia as an everyday shortstop should something happen to Dion. In the offseason, I wasn't big on that. I know Garcia's kind of had his moments this year, um, but I, that's still not something that I say for a two-month stretch, you're ready to roll out Garcia as your starting shortstop every day. And I just wonder, looking back at that, you know, not addressing the, the middle infield in, in some substantive way as far as the bench is concerned. I don't know if that'll come back to haunt the Cardinals because, like you mentioned, they're already down their their one A in in terms of Yadier Molina being a guy who's irreplaceable, and they put themselves into a position with the roster where DeYoung is almost in that category. Yeah, I, I agree. They were certainly counting on Paul DeYoung to be their guy no matter what. And as mentioned in the press release from the Cardinals, uh, Paul DeYoung is the only player to play in all 41 games so far this season. I'd have to go back and look. I think maybe Greg Garcia has gotten one, maybe two starts at shortstop so far this season. But but Paul DeYoung has started very nearly every single day at, at short for the Cardinals. And so, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a really big loss for them. I mean, it, it, almost, it almost can't be overstated the degree to which Paul DeYoung is an important loss for this Cardinals team because, yeah, there's there's really not an obvious replacement. I, I'm sure that a guy like, you know, again, Greg Garcia is a, a capable big league player, but not a guy who I think you're going to want to play every day. And, again, related to this, as the depth sort of filters down, with Garcia presumably having to be in the lineup, now who's your top left-handed pinch hitting option off the bench? 
it's Jairo Munoz, right? I mean, as, as a switch hitter, it's it's Munoz is the guy. Yeah, maybe it's Dexter Fowler, though. I mean, maybe. Maybe that ends up being the situation. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. It's it, There's a lot of and, – and, you know, we started today probably thinking the bullpen might have been uh, an, an issue as well just because of the, the injuries that have cropped up there. And you're getting some guys back, but it just seems like everybody in that bullpen, save for maybe – Norris or Hicks or was Norris even on the on the injured? He wasn't on the DL, but he was injured there for a minute. Yeah, everybody's yeah, dealt off. with injuries out in that bullpen this year. It's been uncanny, and now that's all already bleeding over into the offensive portion of the team. And we're not even to June yet. Uh, maybe Manny Machado though could be a replacement at shortstop. What do you think about that? That's 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 certainly a thought. <laughs> by, so by, I should pause and correct myself. Jairo Munoz is not a switch hitter. I, I've had it in my head all year that Munoz switch hits. He does not switch hit. Jairo Munoz bats right-handed. So scratch that. With Greg Garcia in the lineup, there are basically no left-handed bats available off the bench. Uh, yeah, so our buddy Jesus Ortiz tweeting in reference to this injury that the Cardinals must not let the Cubs beat them to Manny Machado. Uh, I know the last time we podcasted, I made a point of saying that I was opposed to any sort of deal that would involve Machado. As I sit here right now, you know, 10 minutes after hearing that Paul DeYoung has a broken left hand, all of a sudden that looks like a very, <laughs> looks like a very different proposition. So what was your, I was curious on your thought process there, and we don't have to dive deep into it, but is it an element of for a, for a rental, you're not interested in giving up the level of talent that it would take to acquire Machado, because we kind of already know what's out there based on what past offers have been the Cubs, for instance, over the winter. Is that kind of where you're at, where the Cardinals might have that talent, but you just don't think it's worth giving up for a guy that you won't have for beyond this season? Yeah, essentially, yes, because my my expectation would be that if the Cardinals were to make that trade, it would be in a pure rental uh, sort of situation. And when you look at what they'd be giving up, and we're talking about probably Flaherty plus Hicks plus additional pieces would would be like sort a, of like a good a good hitter too I would think right like with, a good young yeah offensive exactly. player and it, you know and and so maybe a guy like even a Paul DeYoung like there are a lot of pieces that would be involved in that kind of Machado deal and I just think the extent to which he is an improvement over the if healthy already existing left side of the infield to me is not worth close to what you would be giving up for a rental Manny Machado. Right, and I think the thing is, too, even after an injury to DeYoung, even if this is a two or, you know, call it an eight-week injury, we don't know yet, but let's say if that's the scenario, which sounds like it would be a pretty bad scenario. I'm hoping it's less severe than that, but let's just say it is. I don't know that panicking for Manny Machado in that instance would be the right answer either because this might not be a World Series team with all the injuries that the Cardinals have going on if you're losing that many guys. And I really think you have to, if making that deal, think this is a team that could win the World Series. And I, I, I think this could be that team if they're healthy, but right now, half the dang team's on the DL. So it's really kind of hard to say, and, and the offense that is healthy hasn't been performing. So I don't know that you can, can go into, you know, kind of trade deadline time thinking add a, a monster piece and go for it if the guys you already have are, are just underperforming so far that it might not make any difference even if you did get that guy. I, it's, it's a tricky thing. And we'll know more about what we think of this Cardinal team as that time approaches July 31. But as of right now, you're just saying, I'm going to add Machado so I can so I can support you know my 150 hitting first slash third baseman or my 145 hitting outfielder or my 350 slugging uh, outfielder that I traded four players for in the offseason. Like it's just not a it's not a good thing to swallow. It doesn't feel good if if you talk about giving up that kind of talent for this team knowing it's probably a rental situation. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's really, I think, 
what the Cardinals are going to have to come to, to grips with is what is the reality of the team that they have and, and how much are they really going to be able to improve it, I guess, throughout the course of the season. Because, you know, you watch this team in, in fits and starts and it looks like a really good team. And they're the pieces, again, when healthy, that sort of comprise the whole. It, the whole, it seems like it has been less than the sum total of the pieces thus far. Like, you would expect this team to be better based on the guys on the roster and their track records. And so uh, that was already going to be a challenge. And now when you factor in this just outrageous run of injuries, I just saw a stat that the Cardinals have made 15 roster moves so far in May, and it is May 18th. That is unbelievable. I know Derek Gould... It seems like every day. I mean, every day there's something new, and and today you get two of them. Derek Gould tweeted this morning that the the Pirates have made a total of seven transactions in May, and the Cardinals have made seven transactions involving John Brebbia or Mike Myers in May. Nice. Yes, and that's part of their their strategy to to have the shuttle going and have the, the fresh arms up here, which... You know, I don't know. I there's I don't have any problem with it necessarily. Um, in theory, it's but it does seem like a lot of trying too hard for. I don't know what the results have been so far. If that makes sense, like I get it, but I don't know if maybe the the question of what that does to chemistry of a 25 man roster because injuries are going to break that up as it happens. But then when you when you go the extra mile the way they've gone, it's kind of goofy. I don't know if it if it matters in the the win loss column or not. But it does strike you as kind of an exhausting thing. That they, and maybe that's just like a media thing. Sure. But it's kind of like, at, at some point, it's just kind of exhausting. I don't know if, if, if you're there with me on that or not. No, and, and it's, funny that you, it's funny that you mention it because I, uh, last, last weekend, uh, was out with a friend who is involved in the business as well. And he was texting with a member of the Cardinals front office and was essentially half-joking, half-begging like, Please stop making roster moves. I don't have to work this weekend. I don't want to work this weekend. And, you know, like and I, I, I understand that feeling. Like it, it's yeah, it's been uh, wild. I mean, John Mozeliak was asked yesterday if he could remember a situation where the Cardinals had had to make so many DL moves, and you know, he said, "Oh, I don't really know, but I don't really remember." But made the point that he couldn't. He certainly couldn't remember ever having two catchers on the DL at once, and that's that's a fair point. You know, getting into this depth, I, it, it, if you would have said before the start of the season, that the Cardinals would have Steve Barron on the roster before the end of May, I think that you would have had some major concerns uh, about where this team is. And they're still five games above 500 here at the quarter pole in the season, but it is it, it looks like it's, it's increasingly difficult to hold on to that spot in the standings when you're faced with these challenges day in and day out. And yeah, to say nothing of the sort of mental toll that it has to take on guys when they show up to the park and they're wondering... Who is it going to be today? Yeah, if this team can be a few games above 500 when Yadier Molina returns, that might be like a Christmas miracle or like a midsummer miracle because, they, I mean, you assume it has to end somewhere, but like there's no there's no law stating that, oh, you have this many guys injured, nobody else is going to get hurt. Like stuff is going to continue to happen, and, and you have to hope that it, it doesn't, at least at this rate. But, I mean, yeah, you, you're talking about two major positions – and catcher and shortstop that you're down to, I'm going to go ahead and call it a third stringer in each case because I don't really think they have a backup shortstop on, on in the organization. They don't have one. And so you've got third stringers at those positions. You've got Matt Carpenter who's not hitting. You've got two outfielders who are not hitting. Um, yeah, it's kind of a mess. 
Well, we're going to have to cut this short because I'm going to have to get this uh, trimmed up and posted before I head down to the clubhouse when it opens up here in a few minutes. So I guess we'll end on that uh, on that uh, uplifting note. I, Brendan, I mean, what do you what do you expect now from this weekend when the Cardinals are dealing with this sort of really unwelcome news? I don't know. I expect that it could be really ugly if the starting pitching isn't good. Like Luke Weaver was pretty good last night, and they wasted it. Um, I don't. I, if if you can't continue to waste those kinds of starts because you're not going to get them every time out. And like, it's just the, the things piling up on, on one side of the ledger that say like, this could be the one that kind of sends everything tumbling down. Those are going to crop up more often every given day and don't waste good starts. That's the one thing I'm going to say. If they get a good start, is it Waka tonight? If they yes. get good starts from these guys, well, this weekend, Waka. don't waste them. Do not waste these good starts. If you get them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll be curious to talk to a few guys and see sort of, where they're at mentally with, with all this stuff coming through. And yeah, I agree. Like, you know, Luke Weaver is probably not in a position where his rotation spot is at risk, uh, but you can envision maybe a scenario where Jack Flaherty catches fire and Carlos Martinez comes back healthy and Alex Reyes was looked dominant. Uh, and I mean, realistically, Alex Reyes is, is ready to go. He's back on regular starters. Can I get here soon enough, which we can right. talk about that another day about the, the weirdness with this, with the 60-day DL and whether or not, in retrospect, that was a good move. But, yeah, he, he looks like he's ready to go. Yeah, so, with I mean, with all of that, I think that I think that Luke Weaver really needed a sort of stabilizing start, and he got one last night, uh, and it was, I agree, it was, it was really a shame to see that wasted. That's going to wrap up today's Locked On St. Louis Cardinals, by the way. As we mentioned just a minute ago, the Cardinals publishing a lineup, Jed Jerko playing shortstop today for the Cardinals. So there you go, there's your answer. Let's see it, man. Let's see it. We'll see. We'll see how that. We'll see how it shakes out, as the kids say. That's going to wrap up today's podcast. For Brendan Schaefer, my name is Jeff Jones. Make sure you stick around for more episodes of Locked On St. Louis Cardinals.